Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, how you doing today, sir? Good. And uh, the answer to the question uh, is Wednesday. The, the, the answer to what day it is today the trivia question of the day the answer is wednesday so anyone had wednesday down on your answer cards <laughs> please email marcus for a free uh, prize uh, but no we're here we're, we're here and free stealer jersey you get a free stealer jersey <laughs> free stealer <laughs> free stealer or oakland raider jersey of your choice uh, there you go. and it'll be sent directed to your home so we yeah we're doing good we're we're plugging along trying to get through uh what's crazy <laughs> is that this is easter week yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like I totally forget. Not only do you forget days of the week, but obviously, as we approach holidays, those start to kind of sneak up on you as well. So uh, it's it's funny because they, you know, they're they're telling me at work that apparently we get Friday off, and I'm like, well, we're, we're kind of already off at this point. So right, but yeah. yes, we're we're just uh, trying try to trudge on as normal and just talk about football and see if things will eventually get back to normal. Yeah, so let's go ahead and um, we're gonna break down a mock draft that we did. Uh, was it last week? Man, these days are just running together. Again. Uh, we did a we, we did a network-wide uh, mock draft uh, with the Locked On NFL uh, and all the teams. Um, and w- let's talk about kind of our pre-draft process going into this. Yeah. Uh, we kind of highlighted one player that we wanted at 17. And then if he wasn't there, we were going to consider moving back. Uh, who is you know, our, our target that we were looking for at that spot in draft? Really, you know, C.J. Henderson was the guy that we were looking at because we felt like, you know, obviously as this process has kind of gone on that Akuda is clearly in a tier by himself. Uh, but yeah. I think as yep. we've kind of studied these corners, I, I, you know, we've seen a, a kind of second plateau where C.J. Henderson is on, is on a level by himself. Um, so C.J. Henderson was our target. I, I think if Javon Kinlaw had been available at 17 – uh, that might have also, you know, made us pause and have a conversation. But I think the guy that we had circled as our, um, you know, our our hope hope against hope that he would fall to us at seventeen uh, was Henderson. Uh, but we also knew kind of before that 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 may be unrealistic. So we had to kind of come mm-hmm. up with some contingency plans just in case that didn't happen. Well, we also, you know, we talked about too if one of the receivers fell to us at seventeen. Uh, that was going to be have to be another one where we have to at least talk about uh, potentially picking there if we didn't get an intriguing trade back option. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you I don't know how you feel about right now, but uh, let's say Judy is on the board. Is that still a you know a slam dunk pick for you at seventeen? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not trading away from Judy. I don't think neither am I. Uh, yeah, and I think you know that's kind of uh, and and look, we're not going to spoil the whole the whole uh, draft, but sure. uh, but. Yeah, definitely make sure you guys are checking it out as, as it starts to come out. But I will say that things rolled into about pick 11 with the Jets. And Fantastic. At, yeah. after the way it worked out through 11 looked really great for us, right? And then 12 through uh, 16 
basically were all the picks that we would want to take. I, you know, all yep. the, all the guys we wanted to take. So you and I kind of had circled back at around uh, twelve, I think, and had made a, mm-hmm. had had conversations like, "Look, there's a very real possibility that uh, one of the guys that we want." And, and and you know, just to be clear, it, it I, we also should include Clavon Chase on in that link in that li- list, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. so I think it's the three wide receivers: C.J. Henderson, Javon Kinlaw, and, and Clavon Chase. And those are all those are the kind of guys that we. Uh, we're all going to be. We were going to be interested in targeting. I think at the, by the time the twelfth pick rolled around, it became very clear that even if there was a full run on all of our players in a row, which it turns out there was, <laughs> there uh, was, yep. we still were going to be able to get a guy that we liked. Uh, so he, when we arrived at at, at, at seventeen, uh, Clavon Chason was still on the board, uh, but I think. Given the scenario that was presented to us, we got a really I really like the trade scenario that we got uh, and to be able to to get a, the 34 and 44th pick meant that you were going to get two choices right in the prime uh, a spot where uh, uh, value is meeting your pick, you know, and, Correct. And, I, yep. and, and to be yep. able to get two guys who you thought could be, uh, if not instant starters, then eventual starters this year. Uh, instead of uh, one guy who you you know kind of felt lukewarm potentially. Oh, I mean, Chase on's different. I mean, you like Chase on at seventeen. I still think I would prefer getting you know what we got in these picks trading back versus just Chase on, just because it, it it you know it and it would be it would be different if it was a little bit lower picks or something. But to get two two picks in the top fifty out of this, I thought was was just too good to pass up. Yeah, let's um let's talk about the trade, but we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, go through how that thing unfolded. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon. Um, it was about pick 14 and 15 uh, when the Colts reached out to us. Now, they traded away their first-round pick for DeForest Buckner, uh, but they're one of these teams that has two second-round picks. They have picked 34, which happens to be the selection that they got last year. Um, when they traded away from Montez Sweat from the Redskins. And then they have 44, which is their own pick. Um, They saw Jordan Love slipping in this draft. And with teams like the Dolphins, Raiders, Jaguars, and Patriots all coming up, they wanted to jump those teams. And they offered us pick 34 and 44 uh, for number 17. Now, before we talk about this, I want to give you a different scenario that didn't happen that maybe could happen at draft day. 
let's say Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb, you pick which one, falls to number 17. Are you still taking those receivers over the trade offer that we got? Because I think that's intriguing to me because Dallas doesn't necessarily need a receiver. Uh, you could trade back to 34, 44 and pick up maybe – you know, a Rager or a Denzel Mims or somebody of that caliber and still have extra picks to address the other side, you know, the other needs. What would you do in that scenario, Landon? You know, I just, I may be contradicting myself because I feel like I just literally just said that I wouldn't trade away from Jerry Judy. Um, but it depends on the package, right? Because yeah. I'm not trading away from Judy if I'm only going down four spots. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Judy, I would do the trade, but if CeeDee Lamb is there, I'd probably just take in CeeDee Lamb, you know? I mean, top receiver on the board, potential to be, you know, your start, your number one wide receiver at the end of the, of the you know, Cooper contract, if, if you want to move on at that point. Um, I, so I guess you have to weigh it like this. Do you like CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy better than, let's say, Jalen Rager in the 44th pick? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's just that's something that, that Cowboys may have to weigh. You know, some similar type of trade like this. You know, at the end of April, I think Lamb is a superstar. You know, I think so Judy I. is is a the like, I think Judy is the top complimentary receiver in the draft. Like, I think it, it, he's worth a first round pick, and and I don't I don't know that I would love Judy to be the guy to carry my offense as, in the passing game. But I mean, I cannot think of a better guy to have as the you know the two and a one-two punch than Jerry Judy. He's the, right? he's a better version of Calvin Ridley. Yeah, right? exactly. A, a more athletic version of that player. Yeah, and so uh, I think that that line of demarcation between Lamb and Judy, you know, truly manifests itself in, in a situation like this trade where I probably would not trade away from Lamb because he's just too rare a talent to be get at to get at seventeen. Uh, but I probably would trade away from Judy in order to get a, a nice a package of players. Right. Uh, that is something that's uh, – I struggle with that back and forth because I love Rager. I don't think there's a massive difference between, like, Jerry Judy and Rager. Obviously, I, I think Judy's a better player. Um, but Rager in a second over Judy or Rager in a second or Chenault in a second over, um, you know, Lamb, that's at least intriguing to me. All right, one other thing that we considered uh, before making this trade with the Colts is if we move back to 34 out of the first round completely, what are the handful, you know, who are the handful of guys that we're going to be looking to target? We needed to come up with, you know, some positions, you know, probably seven, eight, nine guys that would be comfortable drafting at 34. Um, kind of, you know, let's replay that process. Who are some of the guys that you are interested in targeting, you know, at 34? Well, I, you know, one of the things that we, you know, didn't really discuss, but I felt like was kind of implicitly implied uh, between us when, when the, we were discussing the trade back was that, you know, part of this is that we felt like we needed to, if, if we were going to get a cornerback, we needed to get a cornerback in the top three rounds, right? Correct. And, yeah. and I and I felt like we both agreed that the sweet spot for getting kind of that la that third tier that last tier of corners where you feel like you could bring the guy in and he could you know be kind of a topper for the group that you've got right uh I, yep. that, that was all gonna happen in that range that we traded into 
Um, <laughs> Which it did. <laughs> it, and, it, and, and yeah, again, not spoil things, it barely did. The, the run happened on the corners <laughs> early, and we were, you know, I think at first we were going to see who landed at 34 and then maybe see if we could wait to 44 to draft a corner depending on the talent that showed up at 34. Well, we actually even talked about potentially trading up in the first That's time right. because this run started happening so quickly, which I can completely see, by the way, happening in the draft, you know, and at the end panic. of April because yeah. people panic and corner is one of those few positions where it's so valuable that teams are going to reach on them because they know the back end of the draft or even the middle rounds of the draft, they just don't have enough talent there. So. Uh, I mean, I, again, we can we don't have to well, say which teams I mean, draft I, each guy, but I think what you what we what we were just the phenomenon we were just talking about is a phenomenon that a couple of these teams are facing. Where there, I think there's a group of of teams out there that are looking for cornerback. Period. Whether it's depth or a top guy mm-hmm. or whatever, but I think all the people that are specifically looking for a top, you know, two cornerback one or cornerback two cornerbacks. They're all shopping at the same place at the same time, right? So right. when the run right. starts yep. happening, everyone starts freaking out like, oh, I got to get my guy because I could get a wide receiver later. I could get uh, maybe a usable offensive tackle later. But that that run on those, let's say, like five or six corners that you feel like you can plug in and will give you good snaps right away and then eventually work their way into being your best corner, that that – you know, traditionally that run had kind of started at the end of the first round and then through the, the, the top half of the second uh, second round. It started earlier than a little bit earlier than that and almost was finished by our, our pick at 34. Yeah, we got very lucky uh, about the, the, the corner that fell to us at 34. Let's go ahead and talk about that pick now. Yeah. Uh, we took Trevon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama. It sounds like you're starting to hear more whispers and rumors that that could be a potential pick at 17 if the Cowboys get wiped out wiped out there's also the chance that you know maybe they slide back a couple spots and pick digs uh let's talk about him his fit in the Cowboys offense yeah. or, excuse me Cowboys defense no or offense. A former yeah either receiver. one let's see hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is he a day one starter is this somebody that you feel okay about you know matching up on the outside I know there's a lot of concerns about his lack of deep speed uh, how do you feel like he fits in uh, Mike Nolan's defense? I'm not so concerned about his lack of deep speed. I mean, I think y- you you compensate with that. Uh, and again, I-, I think this also may be about you know a, a change in defensive philosophy too. You've now mm-hmm. now you've got Jordan Lewis, and you've got uh, if you if you in this case you're getting Trevon Diggs out there too. Both of these guys are guys who you love in short zones. You love, uh, uh, you know, kind of baiting quarterbacks and with their eyes to the to the quarterback a little bit more. Uh, so maybe th- what happens there is that that dictates more coverage, and then now you're playing more to the player's strengths. Uh, I, you know, for me, I, I think Diggs has, despite not having long speed, you know, great long speed. I think he's a great athlete at the position. And I know that yeah, he's really smooth. Yeah, yeah, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but he, because he's so smooth and he's so leggy, and he's got long arms and he's got some good strength. You know, he's he's Stephon Diggs's brother, and you and you can see it all the way, like that he's a former wide receiver playing the position. I think he's still very raw. I mean, he's only been playing defensive back for a very short period of time, so I think as he gets NFL coaching, because you know, here's the thing. There's a misconception about Alabama defensive backs that uh, 
you know, because that he went with Nick Saban and uh, Nick Saban is a defensive back, specifically coverage guru, that he got taught a whole bunch of advanced techniques. And, and this is how that's not how they do that there. What they do no. is they teach you what they need you to learn to run their defense, and and then that's it. And then they have you hone. They don't teach you backpedaling at Alabama. There's a lot more of the side saddle up the field. So he still has a lot of things he needs to learn, but the athletic ability, the intangibles, all of that is there for a guy to uh, develop into a, you know, we said – Richard Sherman, I think Josh Norman, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I think Akib Talib is a guy that that is kind That's of on comp, that yep. spectrum. He, he's that kind of guy where he will be physical, physical, physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he will get his hands on footballs. Uh, I, I think the the spots where you need to watch out for him are similar to what you've seen with the Woozy. And so maybe again, you know, it's like a, a Woozy also is a guy who has some athleticism. Uh, he's more. He's a lot faster than than Diggs, but he he can get down the field, but this struggles to turn around and find the football at times. So maybe that means less cover one and more cover three, where you're looking at the at least looking at the quarterback, uh, and and more you know short zone uh, cover two stuff, mixed coverages, cover you know six and, and that sort of thing that you can you know play the sides and, and play to these players' strengths a little bit better. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's necessarily the same athlete as this type of player. Um, but I think there are some similarities to like what Xavier Rhodes was at the top of his career with the, the Vikings, right? A okay. super big physical cornerback. Now Rhodes had a, elite speed, but um, I, you know, I, I see a similar type of career for Diggs. Um, let's talk about the, the rest of this draft because I think it's very interesting the way that it played out. Zach Bond, you know, a guy that we, we love a lot uh, was there at 34, but, Again, especially with the way that this draft played out with, you know, I'm looking at it now, one, two, three, four, five cornerbacks going, you know, after pick 17. Uh, I don't think that we could have afforded no. to draft Bond at 34 and then hope that a corner falls to us 10 picks later. It's just not very realistic. No. Um, but at 44, who are the guys there that you would have considered drafting? Because I, I really, really like the names that were available at that spot. Well, Bond was definitely available, so that's obviously one of the names at 44. Uh, but on top of that, you know, we, some of these other names that we've been kicking around at, at 51 options, you know, become viable as well. Uh, you know, guys like uh, Matabike, uh, Duggar, mm-hmm. uh, who else? Antoine Winfield. Uh, Antoine Winfield was available. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, you look at – all the Flora was there. Rager was there. Uh, I, I think Chenault was there. I, I think mm-hmm. you look at all, all the, uh, uh, you know, the we we look at all the uh, the available players there and all the value. And really, you, you've got great choices there. It's I mean, it certainly isn't Absolutely. like you're not reaching for guys or having to you know sort through to find what's what's you know what's what what can work here you, you've got options and that you feel like are all of good value at that at that pick at 44 and i think that's why trading back is so fascinating because we love so many of those names that you mentioned like let's just go through a couple of them if you got a lavisca chanel in the at pick 44 basically an extra pick that you got for trading back that is a really really fun option to put in mike mccarthy's offense it's like a, a plus version of randall cobb a, a supreme athlete who can do a lot of the things like as a runner in the slot? He he's big. He's six two two twenty. 
Uh, he's dynamic after the catch. That makes a lot of sense. Jalen Rager, another one, uh, obviously somebody that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Julian Okora, who we did a podcast about last week. Uh, you know, that's the perfect kind of edge rusher to take on day two of the draft because of, you know, his athleticism and long arms. Justin Matabike, uh, another guy that, you know, a freak athlete who probably needs some seasoning, but at 44, you sit him behind Gerald McCoy for a year. Maybe you, you kind of rotate him in. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. And then Antoine Winfield, my top safety in the draft. Uh, I, I feel like at 44, that's an absolute steal. So that's that's why trading back in this draft is makes so much sense for the Cowboys. They have so many needs, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Being able to pick up uh, another top 50 pick uh, is just so valuable here, correct? Yeah, actually, it's I, I, again, it, the two-for-one aspect, especially when you consider where the Cowboys are uh, uh, you know, financially and, and just kind of uh, with the, with where they are with all these big contracts, they need talent, talented players on cheap contracts and they need a lot of these uh, talented players on cheap, cheap contracts. So yeah, uh, I, I think trading back, getting the extra pick, it, it's not just about the opportunity to take the, uh, 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 another good player. It's about, having the opportunity to pay a talented player on a cheap contract mm -hmm. that makes it you know, even more palatable when you consider all the top-end contracts that the Cowboys are currently having to pay. Yeah, and the other thing that it allows you to do is if you get pick 44, it's an extra pick that you can use maybe on a position not of need. So, like, for example, let's say there's a tackle available at 44 that the Cowboys really like, like an Ezra Cleveland or an Austin Jackson or Isaiah Wilson. Uh, you know, you, you probably figure that you, you can't use one of those resources that high with your you know first three picks. But if you pick up an extra one and you want to draft a Cleveland and stash him as a swing tackle uh, for a couple of years because of Tyron South, you can do that. You have the ability to do that now with the extra picks. Um, you know, it, it, I just think there, it gives you so much flexibility. Um, we've seen, you know, Pro Football Focus has done a great job of uh, breaking down trades in the draft over the last couple decades. And it's the teams that are trading back almost always pick up the most value because the draft can be such a crapshoot. So grabbing more picks, getting more shots at uh, finding players is always super valuable, especially especially in the top 100. Um, Landon, to finish this out, uh, how would you grade our mock? I mean, I know obviously we're going to be a little biased here, uh, but if this played out in you know you know in the first couple of days of the draft, how would you feel about this haul? Well, obviously we're geniuses, and uh, that was uh, we should be hired immediately. Uh, yeah, we did it through Skype, so they yeah. should have no problem doing this. Yeah, clearly, way. yeah. So if, they, if we had no problem, they have no problem. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I, I certainly would be happy with this. You know, I think I don't know what our pick would be at fifty-one, but I think that that would be uh, part and parcel of all this. Um, but I, I yeah, I mean, I think you go in. Um, I think you know part of us. The second guessing part of this may come in if, if Chason turns out to be a monster, but I think sure. outside yeah. of that, like I think you took a situation where you weren't quite sure what you were going to get at seventeen, um, and then you went from okay, I hope I don't get wiped out to not only did I not get wiped out, but I got a good trade offer to go back uh, and take advantage of, of kind of get what you wanted is which is the chance to have multiple picks right in the sweet spot of value uh, and pick up an extra player uh, as opposed to taking a player at 17 who you think is probably equal value of the guy that you ended up taking at 30-34. So 
Um, I think, yeah, it, it's just the Cowboys have options. And I, I think we availed ourselves of options because this was a draft where I think, you know, the locked on guests were were probably uh, anxious to, to, do, to make some trades happen. I wonder mm-hmm. how realistic, you know, the trade back option is at 17. You know, I mean, I think it, it depends on. Well, who okay, shows let, up let me ask you this: What other what other teams are interested? I mean, I, I do think the Colts, if Love or Herbert fall to that spot, I do think they they would be a team that's interested in coming up. What other teams could potentially be, you know, interested in moving up to seventeen? And which players would have to be on the board for that to happen? You know, usually for that kind of thing, especially for for it to be uh, something that the Cowboys would allow, even you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would think it would need to be a, a, a quarterback or a tackle, um, and I think potentially, yeah, yeah. I think that if it's a tackle, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know that you're going to get nearly the same. Uh, I don't think you're going to get the same. Let's how do I phrase this? You're not going to have the same kind of reach of people coming up, like you know from outside the oh, yeah, first yeah. round to come up and get a tackle. I think you might You're not getting two second round picks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you might yeah. get that for a, a quarterback. I think that this love trade sure. I, I don't think it's unrealistic. I just don't you know, you just don't know, right? Uh but I think you could get a similar situation just maybe kind of lesser, you know, like a lesser less severe version of it with an offensive tackle, maybe someone coming up from the late twenties or maybe even, you know, the bottom, bottom of the third round of the first round uh, coming up to, you know, give you a couple picks, maybe an extra third or fourth or something to come up and, and, and get uh, uh, the last of what they consider to be the, the good tackles. Um, I, I think yeah. those are really the kind of spots that, that, that are realistic trade options uh, for the Cowboys because you know anything outside of that, like any other position besides tackle, I think the Cowboys might be interested in drafting themselves, right? Like, well, all right. So, I, as you were talking, I was kind of looking at the draft order and thinking of potential, you know, scenarios. I, I will say this: having the Raiders draft behind the Cowboys at nineteen is actually, I think, going to be very beneficial to them for a couple of reasons. So, let's say, for example, the Raiders take C.J. Henderson at twelve. They have such a defined need at wide receiver and linebacker. that, And there's a couple teams behind them at 19 that could certainly move up for one of those guys. So, for example, I know Philadelphia is a big fan of Justin Jefferson, right? That's a receiver they, they are really interested in. If they're afraid the Raiders are going to take him at 19, maybe they come up from 21 to 17 to get Jefferson. Um, you could even do it the opposite, opposite way. Let's say the Raiders take a receiver at 12. Let's say it's C.D. Lamb. Um, and there, and it's been rumored that they're dead set on drafting Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU. There are some teams behind the Cowboys, uh, you know, the, the the Saints and the Patriots, and even Seattle that could really, really use a linebacker like Queen. And it sounds like he's kind of separated himself from Kenneth Murray a little bit. Maybe they throw, you know, a third round pick to get up ahead of the Raiders. So I do think that helps. Uh, I think Minnesota needing a receiver is also important as well. Uh, they pick behind Philadelphia at 22 and 25. Could they try to jump Philly to grab, you know, the fourth or fifth receiver off the board? I think that's possible as well, along with the quarterbacks and the offensive tackles, as you mentioned before. Yeah, I mean, I think all of that, all of those scenarios are likely, I, I mean, potential trades. The question becomes, you know, 
what happens when we get to trade day and no one feels comfortable trading because of, of the situation? Like, is that something that can happen? I, I think that there is a, a sure. large number of scenarios that could play out because of under normal circumstances, under normal draft circumstances. I wonder if because of how things are different this year, uh, I wonder if that doesn't uh, increase or decrease the number of trades yeah, that you would see in, in a very normal kind of spot of the draft where I think trades would be heavy in, in any kind of normal year. Yeah, that's a that's a really fair point. It's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to execute, execute trades. Um, one more little tidbit I just want to throw it out there. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network said today that he's heard from multiple teams that Isaiah Wilson – uh, the tackle from Georgia will yeah. be drafted ahead of his teammate, Andrew Thomas, that. which that's moronic. Don't do that. Team. Don't do that, guys. Um, <laughs> but if he's at 17, Andrew Thomas is, um, Miami needs an offensive tackle, and they drafted 18. I'm, I'm assuming they're probably going to try to get a quarterback, you know, in the first round, you know, with the pick number five. They need an offensive tackle. So any of those teams, you know, beyond Miami that could use a Thomas, uh, again, Think about you know the Minnesota Vikings or Seattle or Tennessee who just lost Jack Conklin, uh, Green Bay who just lost Brian Balaga. Maybe seventeen is another you know sweet spot for teams to come up to to trade if, if one of those elite tackles fall. Uh, just something to keep in mind as we kind of inch closer to this draft. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. Uh, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.